with lockdown behind me, I'm being forced to face the world and specifically meet up for dates to make good on promises made on dating apps over the past while. I'm scared. Usually this happens more quickly, so there's less buildup. What if they don't like who I am offline? So we're living in a, an interesting experiment at the moment because society locking down to the degree it has and then re-engaging again isn't something that has happened in recent time. And it certainly isn't something that has happened with the technology that we've had available. And that's not a good or a bad thing. It's just a different thing. There's been a huge amount of benefit to having the technology we've had because you know, we get to still keep in contact with people. To think of grandparents at least video chatting with their grandchildren, that's great. Of course, it's not quite the same. We don't yet have the, the tangible uh, part of that. And yet the technology is working on that, by the way. We're looking at making it more visceral so you can hug people remotely and things like that. Who knows what it will be like compared to the real experience. But the point is beggars can't be choosers with these things and compared to having no contact at all, I think having some technology to keep us in touch can be really useful. But of course there's challenges with that as well on the other side, pros and cons. But it is a very interesting thing to think about. Yeah, what is it like to re-engage in a number of different ways? So of course plenty of people are doing this already in different parts of the world and depending on where you are and you know what wave you're at, there, there's a lot of different things happening. But to step back for quite a while and then to step forward and to re-engage again is a bit unusual. But one of the good things about it is, is that it's weird for lots of people. So unlike other forms of discomfort, which can be a bit one-sided, you know, maybe we feel it and somebody else doesn't, this is kind of weird for everybody. Now, it will still affect us in different ways and we might have our own stuff that makes it more or less uncomfortable. But at least I think everybody's going to get it unless you're meeting up again in person, it does feel a bit weird. So there's like a built-in allocation of awkwardness that we all have in any social interaction. And your allocation has been increased. You're allowed more awkwardness now when it comes to dating post-lockdown. That's allowed. You can factor that in and you can kind of breathe a little bit and give yourself the room to comfortably use up your allocation of awkwardness for that to be okay. That's important to remember. Because what happens is if you don't remind yourself you have that bigger allocation, what will happen then is you'll go into it thinking that you need to be comfortable. And ironically, that need to be comfortable will make you uncomfortable. At least it'll just distract you away from connecting in the moment, which will create a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy where it becomes more of a stressful experience than it needs to be. So there's no reason why that needs to be your approach. You can certainly picture it going well, but you can also give yourself room to just breathe. You know, they say expect the best and be prepared for the worst, which means you know do a bit of homework if you need to, do, do a bit of practice if you need to, practice communicating with other people maybe first. So there's preparation there, but not over-preparing, just kind of getting into that frame of mind of clarifying how do I actually want to approach this? A little bit of visualization there can be useful. But then go into it with a sense of, of ease, you know, how you actually want it to be. And the other bit to this, one bit is just the novelty of reconnecting again after having disconnected for a while, or at least having not uh, connected face to face in recent time. So the novelty is one factor. But the other bit is, I suppose, the need to be accepted, you know, so 
if they don't like who you are offline, you know, you've been messaging maybe for a while and they seem to like who you are online, you seem to like who they are online. If you meet and they don't like who you are offline, brilliant. <laughs> you wanna find that out as soon as possible. It's absolutely fine not to be liked if you're just being you in as genuine a way as you can. That's completely okay because it's not that every single person in the world is completely compatible to the same extent with every other person in the world. I mean, if you think about it, there's some people who you just don't want to be compatible with. You know, They stand for everything you don't or vice versa. So it's not that we need to have this fierce competition and effort constantly to always be liked. Now, I know it can be disappointing if you've maybe put a bit of time into connecting and you know, it, it just seems like uh, it was a kind of a wasted effort. But if it was a wasted effort, you really want to know that as soon as possible so you can redeploy your energy in a better direction and learn from the experience. You don't want to find out months or years later. You want to find out as soon as possible. So it is challenging. You know, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. But at the same time, if you go into it thinking, it's fine for me to be loved or not. <laughs> it's fine if we really click or if we don't. That means you can be you and they can be them. And then if there is any potential connection there, it's going to happen as easy as it can happen because you're giving it space to happen rather than needing it to be good or needing it to be not bad. Then the pressure and the tension means that even if there could be a connection, it gets a little bit blocked and interrupted. That's just not necessary in that situation. So the other thing you might want to do as well is just enjoy the mindfulness of the whole experience because it is a form of therapy, in fact. Uh, it's a technique that I use semi-regularly in my practice and uh, it's used in a variety of, of therapeutic interventions where you practice disengaging from the familiar. Like one example, when I work with musicians, sometimes there's a bit of creative block or maybe performance anxiety around playing. And one of the things I get them to do is just maybe to pick up their instrument each day and hold it for a little while, but not to play it. They're not allowed to touch a string or they're not allowed to hit a note or whatever else, just to be with it for a little while and put it back down again. What this does is it kind of resets the relationship with the thing. Sometimes we're just too close. This is used in relationship uh, workshops as well. You know, actually taking the time to just see the person again. They've been there for decades. They're part of the furniture at a certain point. But it's like, oh, hold on a minute. I'm me and that's a totally separate person there. Oh my God. <laughs> just to be a bit more present with that can be really useful. And it kind of resets our system to some degree. So that can be really interesting as well. Just to be mindful and present as you re-engage. Maybe to be a bit clearer on what you're all about and to actually enjoy the experience even more because you're less desensitized to it. That can be really useful as well. So a bit of a reset, as many of us have had over the past while, can be useful on that front too. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe, and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf, or on jfl.com.